your business in service of your life this year and for the years to come. Who here already has an internet business? Okay, who wants to have an internet business? Okay, for those who have an internet business, who think that their business is in service of their life, meaning they feel it's a lifestyle business and they give them a lot of freedom? Who feel more like, ah, maybe, maybe I'm not a slave of my business, but I really work a lot in my business. Who feel like this? Okay. <laughs> so we'll see today like the principles of how you can have a business that works for you instead of you working for your business. Okay? Anyone wants that? All right. So we will see why the online education market is probably the best market or one of the best markets in the world today. The two main approaches to start a business on the web in 2023, and even if you have a business right now, we'll see how you can grow using these approaches. Uh, there are advantages and disadvantages, and the difficulties that arise more and more for one of these approaches. And the two secret weapons that some people have said were dead for years, but are still performing better than ever. And everything I'm about to share with you, it's not only based on my own experience. I have been doing that for like more than 14 years. I have been teaching that for more than 12 years. And now, in French, and now I have a track record of hundreds of people I help with the exact principles I will share with you today and who are thriving in the French market and sometimes in the Spanish, the English, and even sometimes the Portuguese-speaking market. Okay? So everything I'm about to share with you was battle-tested on the ground. It's not just theoretical concepts. So let's talk very fast about the crisis of 2020 and 2021 of the COVID. There is a trend that accelerated and continues today during the pandemic, it's remote working, the possibility of working from home. Who here uh, knows someone who works at least, you know, one day a week remotely for uh, his company? Wow, like hmm, maybe one third of the, of the room. And who knows someone who was working remotely before the pandemic? Yeah, maybe half of the people. My mic is keep dropping. Okay, so um, these will make the world better prepared. Uh, remote working will make the, the world better prepared for if a new um, contentment is needed, if there is a new variation of COVID. And it's greener to work remotely. So, and we can see also that people like to work remotely more and more. So we know it's a trend that is here to stay. And I mean, Ricardo, before the pandemic, he was a super hardcore believer in physical office. He, he wanted to expand his physical office in Coimbra. He hired an architect to do the work, and he was planning to spend, I don't remember, maybe 150,000 euros to expand the work. And when the, the COVID happened, he was like, ha, ah, I need to re to, that my team works entirely remotely. And now he's such a believer in remote work that he doesn't want to come back. 
uh, is, I think he sold his office and now everyone works remotely. So it's here to stay. And why is it important? Because when you think, when people are used to work remotely, they, it means also more and more people will be used to learn from home. And that's what is interesting for us. Remote work is interesting for us also because that's, I think, the way of the future to hire new people and to motivate people to stay in your company. But also it means it's, it's like normal now to do many, many things at home. So let's talk about the rise of e-learning. Because as we'll see, selling information products is the most effective way to make money on the web. When I say uh, information products, I'm not talking about you know, news and uh, newspaper. I'm talking about two specific products, digital books and online training, online courses. And even if you have no idea on how to create one, they are the easiest to create, and they allow you to have a huge, huge margin. Because let's imagine that 50 years ago, you wanted to yourself write and sell a book. The cost of printing, storing, sending, and managing the returns for 10 books, 50 books, 100 books, 1,000 books, 1 million books, kept going higher and higher. The more books you were selling, the more money you had to pay. But today, you can sell, if you sell 10 books, 10 ebooks, or 1 million ebooks, your cost is basically zero. It's not exactly true, of course. You will have a bit of cost with the servers or with the marketplace, but we can say the cost of distributing and uh, selling online products is basically zero. So you have a really, really high margin. And, of course, it's also possible to uh, sell physical products and services. And I have students who do that. For example, this uh, lady, Gail Dobinar, she sells chicken eggs with a blog. And you will not believe it, she, she lives in like, it's not even the countryside, she lives like in one of the most remote places in France you can think about. She doesn't even live in a village. She lives in a place between two villages. When you go to see, I went to see her, you know, and to have just one, um, one uh, how do you say, stick of connection on your phone, you need to put your phone like this. But she has a, a wired internet connection, and from this very remote place, she managed to sell her eggs in the whole world. She sells to more than 40 countries. So it's possible to sell physical products online, and just for the record, it's not like typical chicken eggs, okay? You're not gonna buy uh, eggs on your blog to eat them. It's eggs that uh, you put in a, uh, you know, a machine, and then after a few weeks, you have beautiful, uh, beautiful chickens that you can put in your farm or your garden, all right? So it's possible, and also I have a student like uh, Miley's Dawn, who is an architect, and she really made her business explode with a blog. And she even started to do consultations for very remote customers on the other side of the world. So it is possible. But um, 
I think for most of you, even if you are selling physical products and services, you should really think of how you can create and sell digital products. So let's talk about the industry of e-learning. Since 2000, the size of the industry has grown ninefold. It went from uh, to 200 billion in 2020, and it's expected to reach 320 billion dollars worldwide in 2025. So from 200 to 320 billion in five years. It's a meteoric growth. And here you have uh, the paper that uh, show that. Uh, here you have the, the expected number in 2025. And I don't know if you see something interesting, so just the people like in front, because I don't think in the back you can see. Do, do you see something interesting about this research? There is a little... Yes, exactly. It was published in February 2020. So just right before COVID. So maybe you're like, okay, uh, wow, it seems big, but how big is it, $320 billion exactly? So let's do a bit of comparison. Let's talk about the music industry. Who think here that the music industry is bigger than the online education market? Okay. Who think it's lower? Who doesn't follow? <laughs> if you didn't raise your hand, you don't, you're not following. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about, so I would say it's 50-50. People who think uh, the music industry is higher and people who think the music industry is lower. What about the movies? So when I say movies, it not only includes the cinemas, but also Netflix and Blu-ray. Who thinks the movie industry is bigger than the online education industry? Wow. Okay, like two-thirds of the room, so who think it's lower? Who is sleeping? <laughs> All right, so let's see the numbers, okay? Music, 23 billion in 2020, okay? Cinema, 101 billion in 2019. So it's a number just before COVID because obviously cinema was really disrupted by COVID. Here you It's not me, I, I think. <laughs> you know, it's just because it's like, so the numbers really go into your head, you know? <laughs> Bam! So, basically, if you take the music industry and the cinema industry together, it's still not even the size of the online education market. Okay? So, it's one of the biggest markets in the world, and it's growing super, super fast. So, you see the advantages. Not only you can create products that scale easily, that have a very high margin, but also you're surfing on the right wave, which is very good, right? Um, and obviously, uh, all these numbers now are way up because COVID accelerated everything. So, what you need to remember from this is the world is changing. I mean, all these trends were already here before COVID, obviously, remote work, uh, online education, but COVID accelerated everything. And now is really, really the right time to, you know, start uh, to uh, 
be part of this revolution of the digitization of knowledge. Uh, because as with every revolution, you, may, you know there will be winners and losers, and it's up to you to decide if you want to take the train or not. Or if you want to find yourself like wishing you, you started a few years ago. You know, I need to, to share with you an anecdote. In 2008, when I discovered the internet and I was uh, super excited about the idea of starting a website and a blog, uh, I started to, to talk about it to everyone. That's one of my passion. When I find something that works, that is has great potential, and I see that people don't get it, I'm like, why don't you get it, you know? And um, a friend of mine said, Olivier, I think what you're saying is very interesting. Uh, I would like you to meet my partner because maybe we'll start a company together. So we, we had a, a dinner at a restaurant, and the guy, the partner, who, ha who was a, like a good entrepreneur, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, it was 2008, he said, but Olivier, I mean, it seems interesting what you're sharing, but don't you think that everything on the internet was already invented? 2008. And I looked at him and I said, Dude, what is your competence for saying that? Are you an internet expert or what? And I said, you know, it's very easy to, um, to, to be, uh, um, to have fear of, I mean, to be impressed by what exists today and to forget to be impressed by what is, doesn't exist yet. And I can tell you, obviously many things were invented on the internet already, but compared to what is going to be invented, it is nothing. So please remember that. Try to be impressed also by what was not invented yet. And try to be part of the people who will invent the future. Because I can tell you, I mean, I'm sure you know this uh, Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. What is the second best time? Exactly, right? I'm sure that right now, if you, can, if you talk to uh, a few of your friends about your plans to go big online, some of them will say something like this, you know, like, but don't you think everything was done already on the internet? And then in 2030, people will tell you, wow, you started on the internet in 2022. It's amazing. I wish I had done that because now everything was invented already. It's too late. All right? I mean, with the right mindset, it's always too late. With the right mindset, it's never too late. You get it? So, now, the two main approaches to uh, have a, a profitable business online. You can be this guy or this. So, what do I mean? Basically, you, had, you have the paid approach and the free approach. So, the paid traffic and the organic traffic. So let's talk like quickly about the benefits and disadvantages of each approach. What is the main benefit of pet traffic? Anyone has an idea? Yes, it's fast. Exactly. And that's pretty much it. Now, what are the disadvantages of pet traffic? What? Yeah, it costs money. Yes, absolutely. What else? It's a one-time thing, yes. Depends, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, 
So money, we, we, we said that already. Cold traffic, yes, so the audience doesn't know you, absolutely. True? Anything else? What? Yeah, it's forced, yes, true, true. Yeah, it's not organic, so we, we, yeah, yeah. So basically, also, what is important, when you start, if you are already an entrepreneur, this doesn't apply to you, okay? But when you start, you don't know your market well. I mean, you know maybe the, the industry, maybe you have been uh, passionate about what you're doing, but you're not really, probably not a professional, and you don't know the market well, you don't know the avatar that is the most um, willing to buy your products. You don't know, you don't even know what kind of products you're gonna sell, you know? And you don't know which marketing angle, which uh, communication angle you will use. Uh, you, don't know, you don't even know the price. So to, to get these only with pet traffic, when you're starting from zero, it's gonna cost a lot of money because you will have to run many experiments. And the problem, obviously, is all these experiments, they cost money. And because you don't even know, like, which kind of products you're going to sell and everything I just shared, unless you're very lucky, you're going to spend a lot of money with a negative uh, return on investment, ROI, right? And like you said, you must always add coal to feed the machine. If for any reason you don't have budget anymore, boom, your source of traffic dies immediately. Um, and of, of course, also, a lot of people, they, they start by promoting, you know, uh, content they, they, they publish online, so they want to, you know, boost videos, articles, and this kind of stuff. And the problem is you're just paying money and you don't have any way to measure if it's going to pay off one day or not, you know? So it creates additional risk for you. So now, the reverse for free traffic. Basically, the advantages of one are the disadvantages of the other, right? So the, the disadvantages of free traffic, obviously, is it's slower. It takes time to build an audience, to uh, have followers on your social medias, and to be just known. It takes time. It's not something you can pull off like in, a, in one week, unless you are lucky or you are really good and you manage to create uh, many viral content. Now, what are the benefits of free traffic? Anyone? What? It's free, yes. The main benefit of free traffic is it free. <laughs> Incredible, right? What else? Yes, it's, the, the audience is warmer, absolutely, yes. Uh, and someone said uh, that it, it lasts longer, absolutely. Yes, it lasts longer, and we'll see why. We'll see why exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't, I'm talking to the, to the staff, but I don't see the, my timer, so I don't know what time I have left. So if, yeah, thank you. So if you can display the timer, please, it will be awesome. Um, so yes, it's, it lasts longer, and also the audience is warmer. But also, think about that. Most people don't think about that. Yes, it's slower, but it can be good to be slow sometimes because you build your skills at the same time as you build your audience. You build your skill of 
being able to create good content that really helps people. And it's also a downside if you start with pet traffic and no experience. You don't even know if the content you will put in your products is good, right? But if you have a few months of experience behind you when you create your first product, you will have better understanding of exactly what are the needs of your audience and how you can help them. And it's also easier. It can be an important factor for you or not, depending on your situation. But, uh, you know, there are basically two schools of thought in entrepreneurship about risk taking. You have the people who say, hey, you have only one option. You burn your, your chips behind you, so either you win or you die. The problem with this approach, I mean, it has its benefit, but you, you don't see the people who die, actually, because they are dead, right? So, uh, and the second school of thought is, hey, just take some risk, but don't change your life, okay? Just take a measured risk and do a, an experiment with a minimum viable product, you know, it's from the Lean Startup. Like, you create, like, this version, this prototype of, a start, of, of your product, uh, and you try to, to sell it while keeping your job, continuing your studies, uh, having your business, you know, it's not a big risk. I dropped school at 18 to start my first company. Uh, and it was not so uh, kamikaze as you could think, because I was like, how? Oh, I'm so bored at school. I, I would love to uh, drop school and start my business. And I didn't like, I was not like, okay, let's drop it and uh, we'll see what will happen. Absolutely not. I was like, okay. How can I put in place an experience on the field, in the field, that will show me if I'm, it's a good idea, or if I'm like Don Quixote, you know? And I just see giants where it's just, you know, uh, how do you say, windmill. So what I, I did was like, hey, my idea is to uh, make money by servicing computers, so I would just buy an ad in the local newspaper and see if it makes more money than what it costs. So at the time, it cost me like maybe 10 euros, and in one month, I got 800 euros of sales. So when you're 18 and you have like, you know, 10, uh, 10 euros a week of pocket money, you're like, wow, that's amazing. So this experiment gave me the confidence to drop school so young and to start my company. And everything I do in life, when I do like big transitions like this, I always try to do an experiment before. When I was bored uh, of my first IT company because I was working too much in it, I didn't decide to just drop everything and, uh, and uh, launch my online company. I started my online company at the same time, okay? So when you use free traffic, you can do that. You can do this kind of experiment because, as I said, Content creation is a way for you to uh, train your skills of creating products, online uh, training products, right? And if you do free content, you can do it easily with no pressure at the same time as you continue your, your stuff. I, I still don't have the time. I have no idea what time I have left. You know, Ricardo? Okay, great. So <laughs> I guess I will be uh, stopped in the middle of the presentation. Awesome. So, <laughs> so. Just keep that in mind. The day you are ready to sell your first product, your audience too, right? Because uh, you, you will have built 
an audience of followers, of subscribers, of people who will know you, maybe not well, but they will, they will at least have see some of your content. And probably you will have helped already many of them. So it's completely different. Your audience will be warm, and you will talk to people who uh, will at, at least have saw you before. And it's very important. Because you will have an audience, you will be able to ask your audience the product they want. That's not something you can do with ads. I mean, you can, in a way, there are some ways, like Ryan Levesque, he has, you know, he's part of our American master, and he has a method of asking in quiz, but it's not the same quality of answers. So when you have an audience, you can ask them the product they want. And this is of crucial importance, because it's so easy, even when you are an experienced entrepreneur, to like, spend months, sometimes years, <laughs> is it good? Sometimes years, creating the perfect product, and you're absolutely sure that uh, everyone will rush to buy it, and then when you, you start to sell it, you realize nobody cares. It happened to very famous entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, okay? So with this approach, the risk is very, very minimal. Uh, and obviously, all the, uh, all the experiments you will be able to put in place will not cost you money. And also, what is good about uh, free traffic is you will be able to sell coaching quite early in the process. Now, the goal is to have a company that is in service of your life. So I'm not advising to sell your time uh, for the long term. But when you start, it's a great way to learn and to make money quickly because there is no better way to really be connected to the needs of the market than to really serve the needs of the market. And when you have people paying you to help them, you know you are really connected to the reality. So you will learn a lot about the problems, the mindset, the objections of your audience by selling coaching. And it's harder to do that with just ads, right? Um, and there is another disadvantage of pet traffic because of a recent trend. Anyone has an idea of what could slow or you know, uh, make pet traffic harder today? Ad blocks? That's what you say? Okay, yeah, ad block. What else? Yes, so basically, uh, it has a decreasing ROI because higher competition, and it's harder and harder to precisely target prospects because of GDPR and because of iOS 14. I mean, when you look at the cost of uh, having one people subscribing to a mailing list five years ago compared to now, it's crazy. It was multiplied by three, four, five, sometimes more. In Portugal, I think it's still okay. What is the cost of your lead uh, when you do at? From three to eight. Okay, so it's still okay in Portugal. But yeah, the, the more you know, uh, it continues and the, the lower, the higher it costs to get a prospect and customers. So. I'm not sure if I was clear, but my approach is to be this guy, okay? I want, I, I'm the organic guy, and most of my traffic 
and most of my subscribers and most of my sales come from organic free traffic. And I think I will surprise some people today, but at the center of my whole business, there are still blogs. Plain old blogs, website. This is a logo of WordPress, which is a very famous software for blogs. But obviously, I'm not saying that you should only have blogs. That's why I said I have blogs at the center of my system, because you need the whole ecosystem. So obviously, everyone should have a YouTube channel on a Facebook page today, maybe podcasts on iTunes and Spotify, a Telegram channel, a Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., etc. If you're in B2B, LinkedIn is very important. TikTok, obviously, is growing. So you should totally have all of these. But most people forget today to have a blog at the center of their ecosystem. And we'll see why it is very important. For two main reasons. These and these. Ownership and conversion rate. And we'll see why the blog is still the best place to have these two things on the internet. Alors, first, one thing. What is the difference between a blog and a website? Anyone has an idea? Blog is what? It's dynamic. Okay. The difference is simple. There are none. Okay. <laughs> yes, it was a trap. So no difference between a blog and a website. Now, it's not entirely true. Okay. Uh, a blog is a website. A website is not necessarily a blog. Okay. But we'll not like cut hairs in four, you know. Uh, we'll just, for today, just understand the difference is not significant enough. So we don't need to spend time on this. A website is a blog. So every time I say blog, you can think website. Oh, this guy is talking about website, okay? And it's the same. So let's talk about ownership. Your blog is the only place on the internet that belongs to you. That's it. There are no other place. If I come back to the ecosystem here, wait, wait, wait. Okay. All of these logos, except WordPress at the, at the center, is the logo of a company that doesn't belong to you, right? Who uh, here has a video on YouTube or, I don't know, who had some content removed from a platform or, or knows someone who has content removed from a platform? Yeah, so hmm, maybe 10% of the people, right? So it happens. It's not common, but it's not super rare either. It does happen because when you publish content on websites that don't belong to you, you have different risks, including the risk of seeing your content removed. But not only that, we'll speak about that. Um, so you can do whatever you want on the blog. There is no uh, change of rules that can say, hey, well, uh, congrats, uh, until now we, we, we accepted your content online, but starting from now we decided we don't like it, so you have one week to go. Thank you, bye-bye. Okay, on your blog, nobody will never, never tell you that. You can't be banned, and you are less vulnerable to sudden algorithm changes. You know, like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they can change their algorithm at will, and they do. They don't care. If they do changes in everything on the website and it affects you negatively, they don't give a beep, okay? All right, 
So obviously, uh, on the blog, you also uh, you have an algorithm that is uh, influential. It's no, wait. Hello. Okay. It's. Uh, <laughs> sorry. All right. Yes. Ah, okay. Okay, oh, little technical problem here. Next time, if someone can sing a song, it will be awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, um, yes, so you are less vulnerable. So you, you're still uh, dependent on the algorithm of Google, but the algorithm of Google is quite stable compared to uh, everything else. We'll talk more about that. So just a few examples, you know, it's very old, but like uh, it was in 2014, uh, many people were saying, wow, Internet website is completely obsolete today, you know? Now you just need to build a Facebook page and you will reach uh, millions of people. And then Facebook, they did a brainstorming and they said, hey, good news, starting from now, if you want uh, your content to reach your subscribers, you will have to pay. Woohoo! Thank you, bye-bye. Okay? And then, like, in just a few months, the organic reach really felt. Okay, so just think about that. If you publish your content only on platforms that don't belong to you, you have this risk all the time. All the time, because they can change their rules and they do. So now, sometimes, uh, when I speak about blogs, people are like, uh, blogs? It's not a bit dead? You know, I, ha I had blogs in 28. 2008, I think it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit dead. But let me uh, answer that. Who here still use Google? Okay, so yeah, mostly anyone, right? Well, the fact is, as long as people still use Google, blogs will be an amazing source of traffic. So next time someone tells you, hey, but blogs are dead. Just ask the same question, but wait, are you still using Google? Yes, okay, so blogs are not dead, sorry. So this is a screenshot of the traffic of one of my blogs. And as you can see, organic search is the biggest source of traffic. And Google brings 75% of the traffic of this blog, and it's a very common number. Now, you will say, okay, but if I publish other type of content, I can also get Google traffic. Well, not so much. You need to understand something. This is a quote from one of my students, uh, Maylis Dorn, who is an architect. A good blog post is like a good bottle of wine. You put it in the cellar and it increases in value by itself over the years without doing anything. It connects to what we shared just before that. Organic content, it stays longer, way longer, if you do it right, than uh, pet content. This also applies, I have to say, to YouTube videos, but to a lesser extent. Okay? So this is very, very, very important in order to have a business that is in service of your life. It's really one of the core principles. Okay? You need to think long term. Because the goal is that everything you create works for you for the years to come, rather than becoming permanently obsolete, okay? So, um, so the difference for this is simple but fundamental. 
you must create content with no expiration date, meaning content that will still be, be relevant in two, five, 10, 20 years. Every time you create an article, a video, anything, a podcast, try to think of making it as timeless as possible. Of course, it's not always possible to do it 100%, right? But with this mindset, suddenly you will create clones of yourself. You will create a little army of clones of yourself that will work for you for free for the years to come. Uh, yes. And we'll do a little, um, a little uh, example with that. Let's say you create the same blog, but then I would like to do the same sound as before, but whoo! There is like a, a, something happening and bam! The reality split into two different universes. And in the two universes, you have the same blog, the, with the same team, the same title, the same design, everything is the same. The only difference is this. A visitor arrived on the, seat, on the website after two years. 100 articles are available. In the universe A, 90% of the articles, I say articles, it can be videos or any type of content, okay? Are news articles. And in universe B, 90% are content without expiration date. So for example, let me give you an example. Let's say you are teaching judo or karate, okay? If someone arrives on your website after two years and he, in universe A, you will see news about a karate championship or Ricardo Teixeira becoming worldwide champion again, you know? But it's a news from like six months, one year, two years ago. Who is interested in that? Nobody wants to read news about what happened in the past. In universe B, most of the content will be about how to become better at karate. How to, you know, gain your first belt, your first championship. It's content that will still be relevant in 5, 10, 20 years. Do you see the difference? Obviously, in Universe B, the visitor will get way more value, way more. But in the two universes, you wrote 100 articles. You did exactly the same work. But in Universe A, your work expired, and in Universe B, your work still worked for you. Do you see the difference? So obviously, you cannot do that all the time. Some, in some industries, it's harder. Like if you are in computers, like of course, it's harder to create content that will be relevant in 20 years. But try to do it as much as possible, okay? So just to, to show you, it's, as I told you at the start, everything I share with you, it was really battle tested on the ground. It's not just a theoretical concept. So this is a list of the 10 articles that bring the most traffic on my uh, most popular blog, okay? And actually, it's not even uh, 10 because the first is just the homepage, then you have the page of articles, but okay. Who, th who knows how many of these articles were written more than five years ago? 50%? All of them? No. Okay, I will show you. So, here are the dates. All right? One article was written in 2009. 
and it still brings like it's the eighth most uh, popular article on the blog. Okay, imagine, I don't even remember writing this article. I mean, from the title, I guess, it's about the, the book, How to Win Friends, you know, but I don't even remember what I said, all right? But still, I'm talking to you right now, and some people are reading it. And because they are reading it, some people are subscribing to my mailing list, and they will become customers later. Do you see the power of this? So, it's, I have to say, I too had a little nuance, Okay. It's good to update this article a little bit from time to time. So Jason shared that uh, I'm, you know, I'm really focusing on the 2080. The 2080 is this. After a few years, you look at your top articles, you look at the 20% of articles that bring 80% of the traffic, and you update them a little bit. You can just add one paragraph. It's enough. Now I have some, some people in my team doing that. But it's really, really not a lot of work. Okay? It's just to show Google that, yes, the, the, the website is still fresh and the content is still fresh. Okay? Um, so, yeah, just remember that, again, it's really fundamental to have a business that's in service of your life. Um, okay, and so, do you understand now why a blog is, is still very powerful? Because just when you do a search on Google, when is the last time you saw a Facebook post showing up in the results? Never, right? I mean, you can see it if you really type, okay, Facebook post, blah, 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 if you really, really, you are looking into it. Uh, Instagram post. Who saw an Instagram post doing Google searches? It's rare. I, and I mean, think about TikTok, tweets, and this kind of stuff. So, again, I'm not saying you should not use social medias, right? You should. I have the whole ecosystem. But every time you publish on the social media, it works for a few hours, and then it disappears forever. Think about that. You cannot, it's really hard, except on YouTube. It's really hard to create content that works for you on these kind of platforms. So I would like us to do three seconds of silence for all the influencers that spend hours to create the perfect TikTok just to see disappear forever after just a few hours. Three seconds of silence, please. Okay? <laughs> so, the durability of your content associated with the stability of the Google algorithm, especially compared to uh, the one of other Platforms make all the work you've done, you've done add up over the time and work for you, okay? Uh, and this, this will give you a serenity that really, really few uh, web entrepreneurs have. Think about that. Every time you create a timeless piece of content, it is a clone of yourself that will work for you for free for the months and years to come. You are building an army. On my YouTube channel, I have close to 2,000 videos. 2,000 clones of me working for me right now while I speak to you. I see I have no idea what time I have left. <laughs> Two minutes? Seriously? Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Can I expand or not? Okay, great, so I have time, all right. So, <laughs> good. 
See, I told you it's a very long presentation. And in Portuguese, we will be at half of it. So, yes. So now, uh, let's talk about the conversion rate. Um, uh, yes, but before that, yes. What is the best platform to communicate with your audience? And when I say communicate, that means like that will make your audience act when you ask them to do something. It can be clicking on a, on a link, buying a product, liking a content. What is the best uh, communication platform? Email, yes. Oh my God, you are really a good teacher, Ricardo. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's not Instagram, it's not TikTok. Sorry? WhatsApp, yeah, WhatsApp, yeah. No, not even WhatsApp, actually. Email is still the best, okay? So, the good old email. Because even today, it's better to send an email to 1,000 people than to have a Facebook post seen by 1,000 people, an Instagram post seen by 1,000 people, etc., etc. Now, I'm not saying you should use only emails, right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you compare everything else being equal, the email will usually, most of the time, bring most of the results. And you can measure that with some software, you know, that will tell you uh, from what platform the sales come. In most, most businesses, uh, the, the emails really bring like maybe 80% of the sales, okay? So of course, if you want to communicate, also use WhatsApp, also use Facebook, also use Instagram. But you know, you, you, you know that the, the best channel, the best channel is emails. That's why when I'm talking about conversion rate, I'm talking about how many people from, from the people who see your content will subscribe to your mailing list, okay? It's always, always better to ask people on your YouTube channel to subscribe to your mailing list than to subscribe to your channel. Okay, and just a few articles about email because it, it, it's like blogs. It, it can be, uh, you know, seen as a bit obsolete, a bit dead. So this article is from two, uh, two, 2011. Email is dead. Okay. Uh, an article from 2008. Nobody use email anymore. Who still use emails? Okay, so not a good prediction, right? Um, Wall Street Journal, very serious journal, right? 2009. Why email no longer rules? Who still use email? Okay, everyone, so not good prediction. And yeah, Mark Zuckerberg said, hey, email uh, is not good anymore because now you can use Facebook Messenger, yay! But then this journalist actually was right and he said, dude, no, no nobody will uh, stop using email just because of Facebook Messenger. Okay, so just remember, and why I'm showing you that, oh great, I see the timer now, it's zero. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so why I'm showing you that is because also it's a core principles to understand. Most people confuse what is fashionable with what works. It's not related. Something that is not fashionable anymore can still work. And sometimes it works better because you have less competition. So blogs and emails are still a very good asset to have today. And I think in 10 years it will still be the same. So, this I told you already. So conversion rate. So now a blog has a huge, huge, huge advantage for conversion rate. 
compared to all the other platforms. Why? Any idea? No? Sorry? SEO? SEO? Yeah, no? Huh? Yeah, it's yours, but okay, but why is it important? Yeah, but okay, but why does it increase conversion rate that the fact that the blog is yours? Ah, interesting, okay. So, this very ugly form is what is called a light box. The light box is this very annoying form that when you visit a website, you are reading the content and like, BOOM! You know, in the face. Who likes it? Who likes it? Who hates these? Yeah, I hate it too. But I put it on all my blogs. Why? It is the most efficient form to get people to subscribe. More than 50% of my leads come from this ugly form. That is very annoying. It, by the way, it's another principle to understand. Don't confuse what you like and with what works. It's not the same thing. I don't like it, but it works, so I use it, okay? And now, you know that this, just this little form is responsible for half of your leads. So it means if you don't use it, you are losing half of your business. Now, the question is, Let's imagine you have an amazing, super popular YouTube channel. And you're like, ha, I have so many subscribers, but I have not many people on my mailing list. Okay, I will put the light box on my YouTube channel. Can you do it? You can't. Why? It's not your website. You cannot change the interface. So think about that. Just because of this, you will have a way, 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 way higher conversion rate on your blog than on any other platform. So even if your blog doesn't have the same, I mean, it has a lower amount of traffic compared to anything else, you will probably get most of your leads from your blog anyway. Because it's the only place on the internet that you own, and you can change the interface if you want it. Okay? And you can also, i just show you a few examples, you can put forms everywhere all right i think on one page of any of my uh, on any page of my blogs i have like five or six or seven uh, seven uh, forms okay it's very annoying but it works so who cares right so typically i'm talking about organic conversion okay uh, on youtube if you have 100 people watching a video and if you have two uh, subscribing to your mailing list it's amazing you're like a god uh, you're shining in the dark it's awesome Really good to go to a nightclub. Facebook, it's like 1%, okay? But yeah, Instagram is the same. But blog, it's not so hard, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not so hard to get 5% conversion rate on your blog. And you can reach 10% or more. This is, is harder, okay? And I have some of my students that reach 20%. You want to know the trick to reach 10 or 20%? Okay. So it's, it's a lot of work. Basically, you need to have a specific bonus for each content. All right? So you cannot have one bonus for the whole website. You need to have one bonus for, uh, that is tied to the content. Okay? But yeah. Uh, so imagine, just with 5% instead of one or two, uh, 
the, the difference on the long run is like amazing, amazing, amazing. So to recap, also, I didn't speak about it, but when your bank contacts you, do they send you a message on TikTok? Do they send you a message uh, on uh, WhatsApp? It, it, it happens more, a little bit, but most of the serious communication happens on the email. Because we could ask ourselves why emails is more uh, impactful, why people uh, act more when we send an email than when they see a Facebook post. Uh, we'll not have time to talk about it because I'm already late, right? But uh, basically, it's perceived as more serious and you get a better engagement with your audience. And also, I said the blog is the only place on the internet that, that you are the owner of, but the email list is the only communication channel that you own. It's not a place, but it's a communication channel that you own. Uh, an autoresponder, the software that you use to send emails can uh, ban you. It is very rare, but it happens. But they can, you, you can still have the mailing list and you just import it in another software. If YouTube bans you, you lose your followers. You cannot export them and put them in another place. All right? So always think about this. Ownership, conversion rate. So, again, to recap, I'm not saying you should not use the other uh, platforms, but Always keep that in mind and always put your blog at the center of your ecosystem. So I, I, I told you at the very beginning, I will share with you two secret weapons. So what are they? Yes, and they are not dead, okay? And remember, it was battle tested by hundreds of people and they have great, great results. Well, 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 my intelligent rebels. Thank you for listening. You are still here, which means you are part of the 15%, the 10%, the 5%, maybe the 2% of people who manage to listen until the end. So you are part of the most motivated listeners. Thank you for this and congrats. Now, would you like to share the love about this podcast if you like it? If yes, feel free to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. It will mean the world for me because it will motivate me to continue to create content to help you create your own adventure in life. And it will help spread the word and reach more intelligent rebels and help them also create their own adventure in life. Thank you in advance if you do it and see you soon. Bye-bye.